Father, we have assembled in the house of God this evening to come and have an encounter with God. That the Word of God would become more and more alive to each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest. We love you with a great love and we're desiring, Lord, that you will come down and open our eyes and our ears to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to the church this evening. And so, Father, we just want to yield ourselves to you, that you will speak deeply to our inner man, that, Lord, the Word of God will come and meet every need, because, Lord, you're the one that can meet the needs we surely cannot. And so, Father, we commit the service, the preaching, and the hearing. May you be glorified through it all, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nice to see everyone. God bless you. This evening, take your Bibles, please. I'd like to turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. 3.14. Took last Wednesday evening also. And um, it's nice to take Wednesdays once in a while. And we preached on further forward. And uh, a little bit of a tongue twister when you start to mention it a few times. But I'd like to preach on a little subject tonight, making a platform for maybe the next week or so. Onward to the prize before us. Onward to the prize before us. Philippians 3, chapter, uh, verse, verse 3, sorry, chapter 3, verse 14. Paul writing here. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, could we read it together, please? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. May, you may have your seats. If you'd like to follow along, I'm also going to turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 6, and then Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us all, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I'd like you to look at verse 3 again, because I'd like to read it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So if I just ask the question tonight, where do you get your blessings? In Christ. It's not uh, something we purchase. It's something that was given freely. So God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. They all come to you and I in Christ, in Christ alone. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In heavenly places in Christ. So as we go on in the word, I'd like you just to make a special mental note that that is a place where believers dwell. It's called heavenly places. And those heavenly places can only be found in Christ. So it is a promise place for the believer or the elect of God. Paul goes on to say in in, uh, Ephesians 2 and 6, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, you know, if, if Paul, being a first church age messenger, apostle, prophet, and he's telling us that there's a certain place where you're going to get a blessing, that's the place. It will be in heavenly places in Christ. So we're just going to now move along. If you know positionally who you was and what you are tonight, there wouldn't be a feeble person in here in the next five minutes. Where do we get all those blessings? In Christ. That's where you're going to get your healing. That's where you're going to get your salvation. That's where you're going to get your blessing. Is in Christ. The thing of it is, you're looking off to the millennium. You're looking off to the millennium for something to happen when it's already here. So then if Christ is here, all your blessing that is in Christ is here. And that is a place called heavenly uh, heavenly place where the believer dwells. Not we will be. We are. Right now, this minute, we're seated together in heavenly places. Now, what's the prophet saying? Right here, right now, we're sitting in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Oh, if you could only recognize that. If you could only recognize it. The supreme authority... That Jesus has given to each believer. Anything you have desire or need of. Only thing you have to do is ask then if you're in that place. All you have to do is ask and you'll receive it. If you're in Christ and you're in heavenly places. All you need to do is ask and you're going to receive it. Remember, he just said there wouldn't be a feeble person in here in five minutes if we realized who we were. If we knew our position. And our position is in him, in heavenly places. Anything you have desire or need of, the only thing you have to do is ask and you'll receive it. Whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, Brother Bram goes on to quote, 
Mark 11 and 24. Whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, and it will be given unto you. Then he ends the sentence by, that is true. So we're not preaching something that's false. We're preaching something that's true. And truth will always set a person free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So if you want to get the blessings of God, you have to be in Christ, and in Him you're in heavenly places. I'm just going down slowly so that you can catch some of these things. Brother Bram said in the message, Faith, he says, you have the power in you now to do it. Now, we're saying, let, let, shall I just back up a bit here? We believe we're in the bright age. We believe we're in a mature state. Jesus is going to marry a mature bride. And so what we're going to be speaking is are things that are true, things that are pure, things that are holy, things that are of maturity. And we need to move ourselves into that heavenly realm and get in the spirit of God and get into Christ. He says, you have the power in you now, but that power that you have in you now can make a new world. And God doesn't have little weak spots or big heavy spots and powerful spots. He said, the least little touch of God is omnipotent. You say, Brother Tom, I don't have much of God. The least little bit of God is omnipotent. Our hearts have craved for this all our lives. Not just to be a church goer, not just to come on a Wednesday night, but to realize where we are in Christ Jesus. And in Him... You have all spiritual blessings. You have the power now. And you can make that world. And there's no little weak spots, no big spots, no more powerful spots. He said the little, the least little touch of God is omnipotent. So the least little touch of God, I'm trying to get you into the faith now. He says in, in the church age book, in the introduction, the book of Revelation shows how that the Antichrist would come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm and formal and powerless. It exposes Satan, the book of Revelation, revealing his works, attempted destruction of God's people, and the discrediting of God's word. So anybody that discredits the word of God is of the devil. We're coming to a showdown where the bride has to know where she stands. We know we get all spiritual blessings in Christ in heavenly places. And so Satan is exposed to the word of God today because he wants to make you a formal church. He wants to make, make you powerless. And you need to hear that the least bit of God in your life is omnipotent. 
I've got the life of God in me. We've sung it for 30 and 40 and 50 years for some probably. But then if we have the least little bit of God in us, and we get the spiritual blessings of God, then we have to be in Christ. He is showing himself to us. He's revealing his word to us. And the only way you can get that revelation is to be in him. Before the foundation of the world, God knew you'd be sitting here. So now we're looking at this, and we're going to expose the devil, and we're going to then show you who you are. The book of Revelation shows the Antichrist, and that spirit would try to come in and defile it. Make it lukewarm and formal and powerless. It exposes Satan, reveals his works, his attempted destruction of God's people, and the discrediting of God's word. Mark it down. I don't care what spirit or what person, whoever it might be, that tries to discredit a vindicated message is not of God, it's of the devil. You might as well cut, put the line down. There's the line. Satan, you are exposed. And I know who I am in Christ, son and daughter of God, omnipotent. Because it's the life of God in me. I, I was going to bring an apple. And I was going to set it down here. And then I was going to take a poll. Who, thinks, who, who says it's sour, sweet, or tart? You would not know until you ate that apple. A lot of people don't really understand maybe where we're going in the Word. Because they haven't been in heavenly places for a long time. But you get into Christ and you get into heavenly places and the word starts to unfold to you. I say, charge. Charge, saints. This is not a time to dilly-dally around. This is a time to press the battle. Can I hear an amen? We are to press the battle. There's too many people that are just going slack in this message. We have to fan the fire. God will do His part, you do your part. Get into heavenly places in Christ and watch God come down and bless your life. I'm sorry, I wasn't going to get excited tonight. Brother Bram said in the message, greatest battle ever fought, he said, Hallelujah, the captain of our salvation is present. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is salvation? Deliverance. Glory. He's the captain of our deliverance. The great hour of charge is at hand. Has everybody got that now? The prophet's saying this. The great hour of charge is at hand. Hallelujah. Soldiers with armor gleaming, colors streaming, faith and doubt set in array. In this tabernacle this morning, so he knew that there was going to be a battle in this tabernacle. And I got to say something, saints. Brother Bram said, the captain of the Lord of hosts has never lost a battle. So you get into him, what a blessing you will have. Because you'll never lose a battle. Never. If you are in him. What Satan tries to do, as he said on page... 55, he said, what Satan will try to do is cause you to disbelieve the word. 
So we know where that is. We know where that comes from. He came to Eve, and he's going to come to the second Eve. But Eve fell, but we're under prophecy. This Eve will not fall. Oh, he says, if I can just get you to believe that your weapon is equivalent. He says, if he gets you to believe that your weapon is not strong enough, he'll disarm you. Oh, Brother Neville, I hope you never disbelieve that. But he disarms you when he gets you to disbelieve this weapon. When you lay that down, that finishes your fight. You're done. Hold the weapon. Don't lay it down. Amen. That would be unbelief. To lay your weapon down would to be unbelief. One more thing I want to say right now. In Russia, they're going to say this for the benefit of the veterans and so forth. What are you fussing and hollering about Russia? Now listen to me. Because I, I, I get it. I get it. People say, Brother Bram said, watch Russia. Watch Russia. I would like you to do your own Bible study and message study. And find out what Brother Branham is referring to. Because if you take something out of context, it's wrong. He says, watch Russia when he makes reference to fascism, Nazism, and communism. That's the continuation. Watch Russia because Brother Branham said, it's all going to be swallowed up in communism. That's what you're watching Russia for. He says, watch the purple curtain. That's what we have to watch. Watch Rome and the way it's playing out. Amen. You know, they, they, they hide things and they put things under the, under the carpet that you hardly hear about. You might hear a little bit about it, but quickly it's off the radar. They are the most perverted church in this world. She's the cage of every filthy and unclean devil. They have a cardinal or whoever he is. You know, a, a, a cash settlement of 250 million. Ruining 50 or so people's lives. Get swept under the, car, under the carpet. And a settlement of 250 million. And they won't, as a church, have compassion on people that are in Mexico and in the Southern America, South America. They could pay the debt of countries. Don't tell me they're compassionate. They're only compassionate for themselves. Know your enemy. I remember telling Brother Ken when, or he told me when I was, uh, I came to Bible Way probably ten times over a period of a year. And finally, I think Ken, out of frustration, told me, if you don't come, just do one thing. Don't take the mark of the beast. You know, to an unbeliever, that's That's powerful. I mean, I, I, I said, what's the mark of the beast? He says, whatever you do, don't take the mark. You'll be all right. Make it through a white throne judgment. <laughs> it all sounds so terrible. But you know, sometimes you need to hear that. You need to hear who you're fighting and what underlying currents are taking place. But you get into heavenly places in Christ and you watch the blessing of God come upon your life. We'll do a lot of other things in this age of too busyness. And that is what Satan's tactics is to get you away from the word. So can I be one of those angels 
that is trying to shoo you back to the tree of life. Because once you partake of Him, you will never, ever lose Him. Brother Bram said in the message, why? He said, Abraham was a pilgrim. Isaac, a pilgrim. Jacob was a pilgrim. Seeking a city to come. Confessing they were pilgrims and strangers. But they were looking for a city whose builder maker is God. They had tasted of the heavenlies. And I want to say to you, you have tasted much of the heavenlies. Get into Christ. Get into the word. Get into the message. Heavenly places, Brother Graham said in, in the Christ of Mystery God Revealed. Heavenly places. Oh, how I wish I had time. Here, I've got to mark it right here in my Bible. Heavenly places. What is heavenly places? Heavenly places, just for a minute, is the believer's position in Christ. It's wonderful. What are heavenly places? Because you want the blessing of God. And we just don't want the blessing. Everybody says the blessing. I want the giver of the blessing. We say, I'm blessed, 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 I'm blessed. Every day that I live, I'm blessed. Of course we're blessed if you're in Christ. So now he's saying heavenly places. Oh, I wish I had time. He says, what is heavenly places? Just for a moment, he says, heavenly place is the believer's position in Christ. Where the believer stands in Christ. When you stand in Christ, you're in heavenly places. Can I run you into Christ? Can I encourage you this evening? Whatsoever. All power in heaven and earth is given into my hand. Jesus is saying, go and I'll be with you. Whatsoever you bind in heaven, whatsoever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Oh, if that great holy church only realized its power to do these things. Even the least little bit of, bit of God is omnipotent. So now let's take our possession. Let's take our, what is ours in Christ. That's our position. I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to pray for my husband. I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to pray for the church. I'm going to pray for the body of Christ. Get into Christ. Onward to this prize. Onward into a relationship with Him. Onward to where he can speak to you and you can speak back to him. And he can tell you lovely things and you can tell him how much you love him. Oh, what a place to be. What a place to be, Michael. You know, people want great revelations. This is a great revelation right here. You say, well, it's so simple, Brother Tom. You do that and you'll have everything. You get into him and you've got everything. A personal relationship with God is the most important thing a believer can have. It is. It is, saints. Because when you get into that presence, the things of the world grow very dim in the light of His glory and grace. Heavenly places is the believer's position in Christ. 
where the believer stands in Christ in heavenly places. That's where he dwells. That's where I want to be. But there's so much doubt, fear, trembling, and wondering if. Oh, if the great church of God could realize its power to do these things. Think about that. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. But there's so much doubt and fear, trembling, wondering if it will. Could it happen? As long as that exists in the church, can never stand upright. And when every talk of fear is vanished, the Holy Spirit is completely in control of the church. So saints, if you've got any fear tonight, let's just kick it right out the door. Because we want God to control the church. We want the Holy Spirit to move in a special way. That God himself can come down. Fear of what? But the Branham kept on saying year after year, what are you fearing when you're in Christ? What are you fearing? There's nothing to fear in Christ. Could it happen? Why don't you be like Abraham said? It will happen. 25 years he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. 25 years. He didn't have 1,100 tapes. He didn't have church three times a week. He just heard God speak once and he believed it. That's where we need to get to, saints. God speak to us. We need to believe it. But we need somebody to pat us on the back or push us forward or do something. No, we need to get into Jesus Christ and you will conquer every devil. It's the word. It's not Brother Tom. It's the word. It's the message. If you have talk of fear, the Holy Spirit will vanish. But if you get the fear out of the church, he says, then God will... Realizes power to you. When all fear is gone, then the church has power. See? Why they have everything that heaven owns behind them. That should make you sit up in your seat. That should make you put your shoulders back. That you could see one another in the beauty of God's holiness if you could just realize that heaven is behind you. You're ambassadors of the throne. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sister Anno, absolutely. An ambassador of Christ has the authority. And everything that Christ owns belongs to the ambassador. So if you are ambassador, everything that Jesus Christ owns is yours. Can you say amen? All that Christ owns is mine. And I'm not going to let the devil take it no more. We are in the hour of restoration. I will restore, saith the Lord. I'll restore holiness. Virtue. I will restore you to what God had in His mind regarding you. Hallelujah. And no imp, no devil is going to ride my shoulder and tell me I'm not going to make it. 
you're going to hear the Word of God, and the Word of God's going to say, you already made it. You've already made it. If He can get you to disbelieve, question, you got fear. Cast the fear out. And when you got that fear out of here, he'll take control of the church. Who is the church? I am the church. You are the church. People say, do you go to church? Every day. Come on. We go to church every day. Why? You're the church. I'm the church. I have fellowship every day. Amen. So then whatsoever you bind shall be bound. Whatsoever you lose shall be loosed. Just knock that fear out of you. Oh, great holy church could only realize the power. But Graham talked about that, that old cage of an eagle. He says, when I see men and women who are born to be sons and daughters of God, caged in. And he, I, when I read that saying, that just, that just, my heart just starts to bubble. Because that's a burden. When you see sons and daughters that are to be born in Christ, caged in, you just want to run and loosen the cage. Pull back the bar and let them free. Oh, brother, when I see men and women who are born to be sons and daughters of God, not we will be, we are. Caged in in an old cage of denominational theology. Days of miracles are past. To keep you away from the real thing of God. Walking around out here trying to satisfy that blessed hunger. That God has put in you to thirst after Him and satisfy it by wearing shorts. Drinking. Joining churches and all these creeds and things. That's the saddest sight i ever seen. You were born to be men and women of God. To soar in the unexplored. We were born to soar in the unexplored and explore the unknown. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if all of us just had a, just started to change our own natural programs? And say, I'm going to consecrate myself to this time with the Lord. And I'm going to pray for the church. I'm going to pray for the ministry. I'm going to pray. Because we got to get out of here. I want to do my part, your part. But we fill it with so many other things. But he said, men and women are born to soar in the unexplored and explore the unknown. Deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Is that a song? Or did I just make that up? No, we need to go deeper. Consecrate more. Dedicate more. Why? Men and women are born to soar the unexplored and explore the unknown. God made you thus not to be caged in by denominations that don't believe in miracles. I don't care what your denominational does. Your Savior said so. That settles it. Let no man put you in a cage. Don't let any thought, any devil, any person start to put you in a cage of their own thoughts. We have one thought, and that's the thought of God. 
We've got one message that came down in this generation that came through a prophet to give you the mind of Christ. You know, there's, there's different people. You know, sometimes I read other... I shouldn't say other. I probably read only one more. Two. D.L. Moody. Charles Spurgeon. And I, re- I, re- I read it with the filter of this message. And then whenever you find something in the 1800s, what they said, the deeper things that we're uh, talking about today, they don't go there because they didn't experience it. They, ju- they don't know what we're talking about. So I, I wanted to just say, what did, they, what did they say? And then how the prophet said it. They don't even say because they have no idea of this generation, of this message. And they were only preaching what God made real to them. But I want to say it's line upon line, precept upon precept. They preach what they knew and what they experienced. We preach what we know and what we've experienced. There's nothing like this message. There's nothing. So now that you were born to soar into the unexplored, I want you to set your wings tonight. I want you to just say, Lord, let the Holy Ghost start to come into my life that I can soar into the unexplored and that I could explore the unknown. God has made you thus not to be caged. Don't let no man put you in a cage. You don't need a cage. You need to be free. The reason you look upward is because you were born an eagle. The reason you look upward is that you were born an eagle. That's where he belonged. Not in the chicken coop or the barnyard. He was born an eagle. The reason that you love to do that is because God made you thus. You look up. Look up. Onward to the prize before us. Look up. Your redemption draweth near. Look up, saints, and move forward in the promise. The reason... That you love to do that is because God made you thus. You can't be cooped up in some chicken coop. You were made an eagle to fly in the sky. The heavens above and sail in the unknown. Into the power of the living God. I say amen. Amen. Now I'm going I'm to mention this. When I was studying, I came across this quote. Um... Of Leonardo da Vinci. How many of you know who Leonardo da Vinci is? Most of us? You do? Okay. He's a great Renaissance painter. I think I preached on the ma- a masterpiece one time. You could add a stroke and I put the picture, picture of the Mona Lisa. But Leonardo da Vinci's great passion wasn't even painting or carving statues. That wasn't his passion. His passion was to see man soar. And thus you have the early drawings, if you do any history, reading anything about Leonardo da Vinci. He uh, tried to make a human flying machine. I think they flew for about two seconds. But that's his, that was his dream. That was his dream. And can I say, if you... Now, let me finish the quote and then I'll, I'll back it up. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci said, Once you've tasted flight... You will forever walk the earth with your eyes turned skyward. So then, if that is natural, how about the spiritual? 
if you've ever tasted of the heavenlies. You won't want to walk in Laodicea. You will lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. You have heard from your beloved. You could never go back to a denominational chicken coop. You're not earthbound. You're heaven bound. And if a man, a natural man, can say, once you've tasted the flights, you will continue forever walk the earth with your eyes skyward. I say, we've experienced the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. And I don't even want to walk on this earth. I want to walk like Enoch walked and was not. Brother Bram makes this comment. And I, I love it. He said, my soul cries out to magnify him. My soul cries out to magnify him. What to? He says, why don't, why don't we just set, set in heavenly places with him? That's what we're doing tonight. Setting not physically, but spiritually. Our minds, our thoughts, our souls are far beyond the cares of the world right now. What are we? We are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How do you get into it? By one spirit. We are baptized by the Holy Ghost into that body of believers. The mystical kingdom of God. Or that mystical means in the definition means that spiritual kingdom of God. When Brother Branham saw that eagle caged, he wanted to buy it so he could let him fly. And then he says again, he says, I see nothing worse. There's something more worse than that is seeing a son and daughter of God. And this is another message. He says, wearing shorts and smoking cigarettes when they're, supposed to, they're born sons and daughters. They're in a cage of sin that Satan put them. It's pitiful. It's spiritually blind, caged up. And maybe belong to some church singing a choir, yet caged in. But those that are the redeemed, God looses from your cage. Because you were born to soar. You were born to soar. Let your soul cry out to magnify Him. To lift up His holy name. That's why Brother Bram said in faith, faith is worth expressed. He said, what is this? Deliver us, Brother Brown. This is a house of hell. And they looked over and he saw those walls and a big cave and great iron bars, 10 inches thick. He says, I can't, I can't bend those bars. And most of us know the story. And they said, help, we're in trouble, we're in trouble. And I looked around, I wish I could, but I couldn't. And then I saw the light start to flicker around there. And I looked up and there stood the Lord Jesus, the light of the rainbow around him. And he looked right straight to me and said, deliver those people. And he went away. He didn't say how to do it. He said, deliver them. Deliver them. So now here comes the answer. And I thought, well, how can I deliver them? I haven't got enough strength, enough in my arms to break those bars. And then I said, house of hell, give way in the name of Jesus Christ. That is soaring into the unknown. God knowing what he would speak. We need to speak the word of God and go forward, saints. Put on then this whole armor of God. And when you put in 
or put on the armor and you're in Christ. And you are now partaking of that heavenly blessing. But Abraham says this, he says, now this is coming straight from the throne. Amen. Not that you're strong, you're nothing, but it's what's behind you. You're dead. You join the army. You join the police force. You keep the law and control of these devils. That's right. You're on a police force and the whole thing's behind you. But you see, you're reckoned. You're dead. You're nothing. You can't stop nothing. But the authority has been given you because you've raised up sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's not you. It's the power behind you or the authority given you by God. Amen. So then that germ, Brother Bram talks about that germ and, and how it's found you. And so I was just, I just praying, I just said, Lord, you know, how did the germ find you? Well, you know, Brother Bram said in, in one place, he says, that germ was placed in you before the foundation of the world. God knew your great-great-great-grandfather and knows your great-great-great-grandmother and knew how they were. He watched over our lineages. I mean, it could only be God. You put the bride together and how many generations of people, how he had to watch over everything. He's God. He can do it. He's God and he can do it. But God then has promised you that when you are that seed gene and that seed gene in you took a hold within your life, that germ in you found you. (laughs) God, in his grace, found you. He cared for you. Do you care for him? He said, he cares for you. He cared when that neurotic legion cared enough. So we say legion. And many times somebody has a number for legion. So I had to look it up and find out how many numbers are a legion. Does anybody know how many? Thank you, Brother Hugh. I get told a lot of times it's a thousand. I said, that's right. That's right. He, he was legion. Can you imagine having 3,500 spirits? Let's just say, for example, he just had two. But he was called legion. That wasn't his name. That's what he was. Because he had a lot of devils. So then, it would take only the power of God. Not the power of man. The power of God to loose him. But if he had that many demons in him and on him, around him, that seed germ in him was stronger than those 3,500 demons. Do you get it, saints? Here he was, beating himself, locked up in chains, in a, in a graveyard, or whatever he was doing. But he, God cared enough for him, knowing that in him, he cared for Jesus. Now listen to what Brother Bram says here. He cared when the neurotic called Legion cared enough. Under opposition, this, now think about this, under opposition to wiggle out from under those tombs of devils and get there to meet Jesus. He throwed himself prostrate. Prostrate. When the legion, them devils, would have never come if legion hadn't have pushed his way out there to meet him. Oh, I thought that was fantastic. All those spiritual powers could not stop a seed of God to come to the Lord Jesus. Praise God. 
He was pressing onward to the prize. Jesus is the prize. The Word is the prize. If you had all those powers trying to hold you back, what's in you that will make you go forward into the promise of God? That's power. That's power, saints. And I want to say to you tonight on a Wednesday evening, that which is in you is greater than that which is in the world. Press on, little bride. Press on. Onward, Christian soldiers. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to wind her up pretty soon. He cared enough. And he made an effort. I wonder if you cared enough tonight, sinner man, sinner boy, sinner young lady. Could realize there's only one hope and that's in Jesus Christ. And he had that chance to come and he knew that Jesus was coming. He's wrapped around with thousands of demons trying to stop him. But there was something in him that was driving him. And I wonder whether there's somebody here tonight that is God's driving you to finally surrender to God himself. That's the reason you must be born again, Brother Bram said. That's the reason, see. You must be born again. It must separate you. You have to die to your first husband. You can't live with it. You can't say it. Well, I'm divorcing him and hanging him up there for an occasion. No. You've got a writing of divorcement. He dies and the nature of the world has to die. Every speck of him has to die. You have to be reunited again with another nature. And thus, when you are born again, there is a new creation or there's a new nature that takes place within us. We need to press. You need to press. I'm pressing. I'm eagerly trying to attain it. I'm putting my neck outstretched to see the promise. I've flown too often in the, in the heavenly places. I, when I walk this earth, I walk with my eyes up. Lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. If you, in any presence of God, any heavenly saints of God, and Satan has tried to hold you down, you just cut that rope that's tying you, and you can soar into the heavenlies with Jesus Christ. If you coast, you're toast. And I never even talked to Ernie about that one. You can write that one down, Brother Ernie. Can I say it again? If you coast, you're toast. You say, well, where are you getting that? Well, Brother Bram preached, once more, Lord, once more, once more, Lord, once more. He was under a promise. And he was, he was one that was getting drawn away, getting drawn away, getting drawn away. But I love the end of the story. I love the end of the story. He still fulfilled the mission. You might go into permissive will, but God's going to make you come around back to the perfect will. But he coasted. Can you imagine the campaign that he had? I mean, I wonder when he went home and laid down on his bed and his mommy came in the room and said, Mommy, I had a great campaign tonight. And I beat down 1,000 Philistines with just a jaw of a donkey. 
beat him down. Well, Samson, that's what you're here for. That's, that's, you're anointed for that. Huh? So he says, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. That was great. But you know what? You, you can have the vernacular of this world, and it seems to deaden or cheapen what the Word of God is. It's more than cool. It's omnipotent. No one man can slay a thousand people. It took God to anoint him. We want to use the vernacular of the message and the Bible. We don't need to have the buzzwords of this society. It's not cool and it's not groovy. It's God omnipotent. So then, you know, you just sometimes, Brother Bram says, you just, you know, you do a little bit of a rest. And you started thinking about the campaigns that he had. And then what happens? You let down your guard. Went down his guard, here comes Delilah. And you know, saints of God, that was the only thing that I was worried about my boys. I wasn't worried about drugs. I wasn't worried about booze. I wasn't worried about anything. But it's Delilah out there. She get her talons in you, young man. She'll take you so far away. But when you let down the bars, when you start to coast, and you think that you're anointed anyways, you start doing things you'd never dream of doing. And so then she, he started to reveal his strength, reveal how he had the strength. And Delilah took advantage of Samson. Please don't think of Cecil B. DeMille as Samson either. Or this new one that they got out now, Samson. Anything that Hollywood puts together is Hollywood. Stay with the Bible. Stay with the message. <clears throat> so now here he is coasting. And he started uh, to lay in the lap, Brother Bram says, the lap of Delilah. He was no longer pressing. He was coasting. You start coasting in your life with God, watch out. Because if you start coasting, there's no blessing. You have to be in heavenly places. And you've got to fight these days to get into heavenly places. So when he started to coast, he laid his, lap in the, uh, in the lap of the, his head in the lap of Delilah, what happened? She took the scissors out. And I just wrote down here, maybe it was the scissors of self-pride. Scissors of bitterness. Scissors of, of success. Scissors of doubt. Scissors of gaming. AR, augmented reality, virtual reality, things that are swallowing up the earth, the youth in this earth. Swallowing them up by the thousands. Because that's all they're living for. Because that's their only stimulation they've ever had. But if you get into a heavenly place, there's a stimulation and a revelation that will move you. Scissors of depression. There's a lot of people depressed. A lot of people committing suicide. But if you are in Christ, you can't have a suicide spirit on you. People that have the most money, it seems like, in, like, you know, all these people that are designers and things like that, they've got more money than we'd ever think of dreaming to have. Money doesn't make you happy. 
Be of good cheer. I am come. Jesus will make you happy. The word makes you happy. Things don't make you happy. So apparently there was a suicide case this week. And, you know, how selfish, how demonic is Satan thinking that they're going to leave this earth to something better? That first second over in that realm, they're going to wake up to the real reality. And leaving a 13-year-old girl now, house and family just tore up. It is a selfish demon. It's a filthy demon. I say get into Jesus Christ. Get into heavenly places. And He will bless you beyond your understanding. In Him, our position as sons and daughters of God... Mark eleven twenty three says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Promise. Not looking back, not looking forward, but promise now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Bram goes in Why Christ Speak. He says, if you say to this mountain, not if you pray to this mountain. He said, if you say to this mountain, if you say to this mountain, be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said will come to pass, you can have what you said. You can have what you said. Now, you, if, if you say it was presumptuous, it won't happen. He said, if you say it presumptuously, it won't happen. But if something in you has anointed you for that job, and will, you will know that it's the will of God to do it, and you say it, it's got to happen. It was he that said, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done. Who said that? The omnipotent one. You say, well, I've got a small part in me, Brother Tom. That little part is omnipotence in you. Amen. So if you abide in me, my word abides in you, then you ask what you will, and it shall be done. Brother Brown said it. I'm just wrapping it up now. He said, oh, God, how I could think when the church was on the move. When Moses got a little scared down there at the sea, he began to cry to the Lord. And the Lord said... Why are you crying to me? What for are you crying to me for? Speak and go forward. I commissioned you to the job. Speak. What? Speak the word. It's in you. Speak. Go forward. Don't cry to me. Go forward. (laughs) And Lord God, today I come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Musicians, why don't you come? And Lord God, today I come in the name of the Lord Jesus. I come yielding this sword of faith, claiming the oneness of God and man by the Holy Ghost. Through the mercies and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, His Son. I defy every devil that's got bound anybody in any way in this building.
I defy any demon, any devil that's got the people bound in this building. Can we have a unity here tonight? Can we collectively believe? Can we press into this promise? Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers in high places. We've got to take the Word of God, digest the Word of God, and you come, what you eat is becoming the Word of God. I bind every demon in this building. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to get into it. I hope I can get it. I, I called you a little early. Listen to me. He says, now, I bind every spirit, every demon in here. Now, he also was a son of God. Prophet, but son of God. He was a son of God. He said, I was a sinner, born a sinner, saved by the blood of Jesus. So now here is a born again son of God taking control of every demon in the building. Well, maybe I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet, but I'm a son of God. So you say, well, I won't take the whole building. I'll just take this section. Why don't you take that section? Michael, take that section. Daniel, take your section. Come on, somebody. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Say amen. I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I press to the prize of the mark of the high calling. I'm not going to leave and live in this world. I'm going to live in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on. You young men get to be men. We're not a bunch of wishbone Christians, Brother Abraham said. We're not wishbone Christians. We have a backbone and we know who we are. Hallelujah all the time. Brother Bram said he can't go back on his word. If you say to this mountain, he can't go back on his word. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you ask what you will. Who wants more of the Holy Ghost? Who wants more of God? Who wants to see God move in the church? Let's bind unbelief and doubt. Let's bind it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why, in His presence, the supernatural is being done right now. If you can believe, only believe. I'll set my wings. If you can believe tonight, saints, in the closing of this service, nothing's impossible to God. You say, i got an impossible situation. You do not. I've got the life of God in me. You've got the life of God in you. Then you bind that serpent. Power to bind, power to lose. Glory! That's what this message has come to birth sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I can't go back to those garbage cans. I've got to press towards the prize of the high calling. I don't want to go back to the world. I've been now chained to Jesus with chains of love. Hallelujah. I've been crucified together with Him. I've been quickened together with Him. I'm heirs together with Him. I'm buried together with Him. I've risen together with Him. I am glorified in Him.
As we took last week, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they shall not follow. My sheep hear my voice. Brother Bram says there was, there was something spiritual inside. When they seen Jesus come, they recognized he was different from the priests, the teachers. They followed after him. They couldn't understand him because he was a mystery to the apostles. No one could understand him because there was two living together, talking all the time, the God in him and the person of Jesus Christ. God formed himself a virgin-born body and dwelt within that body. And I believe there's a God that dwells in you. Wherever two or three agree touching any one thing, God in you and you and you. Why don't you believe for the impossible? Maybe some families need to have a real uniting time. Maybe a husband and a wife need to stand together and say, we're not going to let the devil break our home. Who? Brother Bram said, as I, I repeated a couple of times over the last months, who? I'm standing in a terrible place, he said, in white little Bethlehem. Who will stand by me? Hallelujah. We will stand by the word of God and we will bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, word of God ever true. Saving me and saving you. We can have what we ask. You can have your family. You speak it. You confess it. Watch God come behind your confession. Hallelujah. Glory. Brother Brown said then, for my part, he says, if it tells you what to do, you do it and get well doing it. If the Holy Spirit is speaking, you do it. And watch God come behind that. Hallelujah. But for my part, when you hear at the platform and it tells you what to do, you go do it and you'll get well. Because it's not me. And it never has been one time in literally hundreds of thousands failed one time. I can't, it, it can't fail. It's God that does it. See, it's not me. I only speak because I don't speak myself. He speaks through me. And she is the final voice under her messenger to the final age. Then we have to believe, saints, the Holy Spirit can speak and He can start dealing and you can take the Word of God and go forward. I say to you, let's press to the prize of the mark of the high calling. Hallelujah. Further forward. Don't look back. Don't go back. You press to the prize and watch God come down. Heavenly Father with different ones standing around the building. Some with their hands raised. and Some are looking to you for their answer, Lord, in their situation. We believe that you're the God of the impossible. You are the great I Am. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you will meet every need in divine presence on this little Wednesday night. I pray, God, you'll come down in a special way. Move in the heart of a mother. Move in the heart of a daddy for their children. Move in the heart of a husband and the heart of a wife. Move in the heart of young people, Father. Lord, there are some impossible situations in this church. 
and it will take the God of the impossible. Hallelujah. If I could but touch the hem of his garment. If you could just touch the hem of his garment tonight. If you could just touch a little bit of the hem of his garment. You might have to be that little woman. You might have to be that little person. Maybe you've got to be a blind Bartimaeus and cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name. We praise your holy name. Set your wings.
you saturate yourself with the word of God. May the Holy Spirit come and do something very special in your life. As you've held up before the throne of grace tonight and you believe, you believe for the miraculous and watch God come on the scene. How many times have you heard the prophet say, you're not here for yourself, you're here for a loved one? That they, they either are in a desperate need, whether it be unsaved, maybe an insane institute, it did not matter. If that prophet now gave himself to the Holy Spirit, and as God was speaking through that vessel, just do what I say, or what he says, you're going to have what he spoke. If you believe, all things are possible. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. May God reward you for your faithfulness coming Wednesdays. God bless you. It means a lot to us to see you there. We love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.